A-U-Q-U-A. We've got Ask Your Derb Doctor coming right up. Thank you once again. Uh, welcome to Ask Your Herb Doctor. My name's Andrew Murray. My name's Sarah Johannesson Murray. Uh, for those of you who perhaps have never listened to the shows which run every third Friday of the month from 7 to 8 p.m., we are both licensed medical herbalists who trained in England and graduated there with a degree in herbal medicine. And we run a clinic in Garberville where we consult with clients about a wide range of conditions and recommend herb supplements and nutritional counselling. So you're listening to Ask Your Herb Doctor on KMUD Garberville 91.1 FM and from 7.30 until the end of the show at 8 o'clock you're invited to call in with any questions either related or unrelated to this month's continuing subject of nitric oxide, uh, nitrates, nitrites, fluoride, other components that are in the food chain and uh, decreasing fertility. So uh, quite a few controversial subjects and... um, I guess before I get into the uh, topic here with the uh, first kickoff, which is fluoride, uh, and what's been revealed about fluoride, um, I'd like to very much welcome Dr. Pete for giving his uh, time so freely to join us on these shows. Dr. Pete, are you there? Oh Yes, hi. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, just want to, as always, give you the opportunity to outline your academic and professional background so for those people who perhaps have never listened to you, uh, when they hear you talk, I think it's uh, <laughs> unequivocal that um, you sound very well informed and a, uh, a population should always be as informed as possible in order to make wise decisions. So if you would first just start up by uh, letting people know your academic and professional background, then we'll get into tonight's topic. Okay. Um, <clears throat> 1968-72, I studied uh, biology, physiology, and biochemistry, especially at the University of Oregon for a PhD. Uh, before that, I was in linguistics, literature, painting, and such. Uh, and since then, I've been uh, writing newsletters and uh, doing consulting. Okay. Uh, your, your background, I think, is very much focused on the uh, energetic state of the organism. I mean, you, know, you refer to humans and us as organisms, which we are just like, I'm not saying we're like yeasts and molds and slimes, but we're all living organisms. And uh, in terms of the energy production of an organism and its ability to thrive and survive, um, that's a very important component. And I know that your, uh, a lot of your research work with hormones related to fertility, not just fertility, but uh, productivity and energy metabolism and mitochondrial energy production have been key in 
understanding uh, the mechanism by which disease happens. And you have some very uh, groundbreaking uh, thoughts and uh, those thoughts towards disease processes that most other people haven't really made the link. So uh, I really appreciate your uh, genuine passion for your subject. Um, I, I had been intending to study uh, brain biology when I went to university, and uh, uh, the dogmatism in the uh, nerve biology department uh, made me look elsewhere, and uh, I found that uh, reproductive physiology was uh, an open, more scientific area, and so after I finished my, my thesis on uh, the aging of the reproductive system, I then went back and applied that information to how the brain works. And I spent a year or two writing my book, uh, Mind and Tissue. Okay. Did, did, you find, uh, did you find the subject of uh, reproductive physiology as dogmatic as um, the other uh, branches of science? Or? Um, no, not at all. Yeah, uh, good. My uh, thesis advisor, Arnold Soderwall, uh, had been one of the pioneers in exploring the effects of uh, vitamin E as a fertility nutrient. Hmm. Uh, and uh, in the 1940s, uh, 30s and 40s, actually, uh, it was vitamin E was recognized as a protection against uh, polyunsaturated fats, and against estrogen. Okay. Uh, both of those were things that interfered with oxidative energy uh, production. And uh, so vitamin E was uh, preserving the ability of tissues to oxidize properly. Uh, and it has come to be uh, known as an antioxidant, but really it should be thought of as a, a normalizer of a good oxidative metabolism well that that brings me to a, another point um in terms of being informed most people think that uh, when when you hear the word estrogen uh, and, and i think this includes me uh, up until about eight years ago um having been dogmatically brainwashed if you like by the industry providing the education in uh, herbal medicine very allied to regular western medicine in terms of the physiology the biochemistry um the pathology and the differential diagnosis etc is very science-based regular mainstream medical education uh and it wasn't until um i'd left maybe 10 years later after having read different reports and looking very alternatively uh, as is my profession um to look at a holistic way of trying to approach disease that i've discovered the lies basically that were fed through the system from the top down uh, from the professors to the students um, and it's only again so uh, i think without exception uh, wherever there's prestige there's a big degree of uh, brainwashing uh, going along with the uh, you know <laughs> whether it's the money from industry that's uh, paying off people to keep things quiet or to produce bogus scientific research to support something so potentially dangerous products can make it to the market whether it's paying off the fda to allow things to be cleared i think all the way through government wherever there's money uh, especially big amounts of money there's a huge amount of corruption that uh, can come through it and uh, most people are, are not immune to it so i wanted to i wanted to give a couple of statements a couple of uh 
Yeah, a couple of statements that have um, been mentioned here. Just to help help people understand, this part of the show is much more about well, what we think we know, we really don't know, and everybody everybody has access to the internet now, pretty much, probably more so than ever before. And uh, cell phones, etc., that are on the internet uh, make it all possible. If you don't have a desktop or a laptop computer, even, but the internet is a huge resource for people to stand up and say what it is that you're probably not going to hear on Fox, CNN, you know, or, or ma- regular mainstream media. I think, and it's a good thing, I think regular mainstream media is dying a very a very slow death here. And um, the internet, whilst you do find a lot of cranky things on the internet, I think there's an amazing platform for people to spread research and truth and um for everybody to find it so i think there's always a self-evident truth that most people when they hear it it just rings true uh rather than someone trying to sell you something or uh to spin an idea to, for their own gain or their own profit the two uh the two quotes then uh, a people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives number one and then Thomas Jefferson's famous uh, quote, a nation of sheep will be ruled by wolves. Uh, just to say that we have some very important constitutional uh, rights in this country that were laid down 1776. Everyone's heard about it. Uh, I was born in Britain. You know, I'm a U.S. citizen now and proud to be in the U.S. and quite happy to be away from England and its uh, tyrannical control. Uh, and this country has uh, a big history of having a lot of freedom, so that's something that we really need to preserve. Um, okay, so let's get into the next question of things that we think are good for us that the government, you know, our elected officials who should be doing what we tell them to do, not what not what goes on now, um, things that get passed in government that get bought out lobbyists controlling people in the Senate, etc., and allowing industry to do what they do. But the Internet reveals a lot of the truth about um, what's been done and the science behind the truth. So people that have any education at all, or even uneducated people, can see that it's not uh, made up. And one of those things, I guess the start of it all, I really wanted just to get into fluoride. It was not actually the main topic of tonight's discussion with you, Dr. Pete, because I know you have um, plenty of research that you're doing and a newsletter that you're writing here on nitric oxide, and nitric oxide being one of those things that I think most people will just believe is good for you. And uh, I picked up on what you said originally uh, about estrogen, uh, and doing what you were doing uh, with estrogen, showing how damaging it is, and most people especially women they just think estrogen is just completely normal and it's something that they have and uh, it's not harmful it's not inflammatory it's not carcinogenic um and a lot of this comes through the medical education and the doctors and what they'll tell you what they've been told by the people that are doing the <laughs> bogus science and or the uh, um you know the, the profiteering i'd call it uh, for big industry so a lot of what we hear you cannot, you cannot just believe it. And I would encourage anybody and everybody just to research what I'm saying. I mean, I might just be telling you a complete lie, but uh, I'm not that you can find this out for yourself. So getting on to fluoride then, that I just wanted to say that I have a little, uh, a little paragraph here I just had prepared for the subject just to show you how 
gosh, how evil it all is, really, because it's kind of unbelievable. I think the biggest, the, the biggest deception is the, the, the largest lie you can produce is probably the most easy to hide in plain sight because it's just so stupendously unbelievable that most people just don't even, don't even see it. It's hidden in plain sight. So that the fluoride that they put in our drinking water is not even a pharmaceutical, uh, additive, pharmaceutical grade additive. That's the first thing that you should know. It's an industrial waste byproduct. Uh, and making money from waste products, selling them as additives uh, or food, is big business. And uh, with increasing aluminum production in the beginning of the 20th century, it became necessary to find somewhere to put the fluoride, which was a waste byproduct of the industry. And manufacturers at this point could no longer get away with just dumping it into rivers or landfills because it was poisoning crops and making livestock sick. Now, Francis Frary, chief scientist for Alcoa, had an idea. He commissioned Gerald Cox at the Mellon Institute. Have you ever heard of him? Well, to conduct research regarding the benefits of adding fluoride to the water supply. Now, the Mellon Institute was frequently hired by big business to produce research that supported their industries. And for several decades, they produced research showing that asbestos was safe and didn't cause cancer. Another proponent of the safety of fluoride at the time was scientist Harold Hodge, who was later exposed as part of the human radiation experiment, where test subjects were injected with plutonium and uranium in 1945 through 46. And this was documented by the Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter Eileen uh, Wilson in The Plutonium Files. And you can buy this on Amazon. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube. So The Plutonium Files uh, just basically outlines everything that was done in these hideous experiments on the human radiation uh, project. Uh, done by, overseen by Harold Hodge. Now, Hodge was also the chief toxicologist of the Manhattan Project, and fluoride was a key component in the production of the atom bomb, and his studies were conducted with a bias toward proving fluoride safe, uh, which would protect the government and industry from lawsuits. Now, the phony research science done to support water fluoridation was underwritten by these massive companies, the Aluminum Company of America, Alcoa, the Aluminum Company of Canada, the American Petroleum Institute, DuPont, Kaiser Aluminum, Reynolds Steel, U.S. Steel, and the National Institute of Dental Research. Surprise, surprise. Now, PR master Edwin, uh, sorry, Edward Bernays, also known as the father of spin, created the PR campaign to sell fluoride to the nation as an additive recommended by a doctor and dentist for healthy teeth. And he was a pioneer of modern propaganda and used the theories of mass psychology and persuasion to suit the needs of corporate and political organisations. And the main fluoride chemical added to water today is hydrofluorosilic, uh, fluorosilic acid. Uh, it's an industrial byproduct from the phosphate fertiliser industry now. And fluoride given to rats has been proven to cause bone cancer, liver cancer and a host of other physical ailments. So, Dr. P, I know I hadn't particularly asked you uh, about fluoride. I know we'll talk into some of the other subjects here that um, I think we are uh, prepared for. But um, fluoride, uh, what, what's, what's your take on fluoride? I mean, is there any, any logic to anything they're saying about fluoride in teeth? Um, I, I read uh, a few studies of, in the 1970s in which they had uh, compared villages that had high fluoride or uh, uh, zero fluoride added to the water and uh, the, it happened that uh, the um, teeth 
were healthier in, in the village without the fluoride. And some of the early studies were done in Montana towns where the water was naturally mineralized, and they were getting trace minerals uh, natural in the mountain water, uh, and they didn't uh, control for that. They, they blamed the, the fluoride content on the, for the good dental health, but it was probably the uh, magnesium, molybdenum, uh, other trace minerals in the water that uh, helped the uh, teeth mature properly. And uh, that, because I was interested, I went to hear John Yamayana's talk, uh, and he was very impressive. Um, he was supposedly debating with a, a dentist who claimed to be an expert on fluoridation. And uh, he finally got the dentist to admit that his uh, preparation consisted of reading a review article. And uh, Yamayanis had worked for the abstracting service, I think it was biological abstracts, and was familiar with 15,000 studies on fluoride. And so he could make any opponent look ridiculous, and so they avoided debating him. Uh, they just said he was a, a quack, and so shouldn't be even uh, given serious uh, hearing. Yamayanis uh, and uh, Dean Burke uh, did a study in Los Angeles and found that uh, the uh, fluoridation before and after uh, fluoride was added, uh, the cancer incidence increased. Right. And, uh, Dean Burke really was one of the uh, best cancer researchers in the world. He was a colleague of uh, Otto Warburg. So uh, Dean Burke's reputation was uh, damaged by uh, getting involved with fluoride. Yeah, it's unfortunate in the uh, geopolitical landscape that people that align themselves with the truth are often attacked and uh, discredited, and people that have genuine humanitarian ethics when they go into science and research uh, find things that disturb them and quite rightly they want to blow the whistle on it and then obviously they suffer the uh you know the tirade of abuse or discrediting that that goes on uh to make them seem like idiots or quacks as you mentioned and like i said it's so difficult folks sometimes the truth is in plain sight but it's the most difficult to see it's, uh, it's like the phrase, can't see the wood for the trees. But anyway, like I said, the Internet is a great resource to find out uh, lots of stuff that you're not going to find on mainstream news. And uh, thank goodness mainstream media is uh, slowly dying a death. Well, Dr. Peter, I wanted to um, ask you about something that I know you're uh, fairly uh, recently involved with in terms of the... Um, and I'm not just talking about the additives to food, but it is an additive. And again, I think this is important that people recognize and wake up to what is allowed. Uh, if we talk about a government that allows certain things, then obviously the corruption issue comes in where the money is uh, a big part of making the decision to allow it. And phony science that seems to support its use or its safety uh, being uh, allowed when that actually isn't the truth and there is no real scientific uh, 
proof that it can stand uh, uh, and actually be be a safe product. Let's just talk about nitrates and nitrites. Um, um, go ahead. Around 1970, uh, there were studies of the nitrosamines, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, compounds uh, mostly uh, involving a, a proline or other amino acids reacting with nitrates okay. in the stomach. Uh, and uh, it, it came out that they were very powerful carcinogens and that they are formed in cigarette smoke. Right. They're one of the major carcinogens in cigarette smoke. But uh, uh, the uh, farm industry was uh, forcing a greater production by using artificial fertilizers, high nitrate fertilizers, okay. and uh, spinach. Uh, produced with those fertilizers uh, will uh, grow uh, very, very quickly, uh, produce uh, a lot of uh, uh, mass, but the, the uh, forcing it with the high nitrate uh, causes it to uh, contain several times as much nitrate as, as normal vegetables would. And uh, the cooking process alone forms the nitrosamines so well-cooked spinach oh, oh even even when you're boiling a, a, a vegetable in water rather than the high heat they typically associate um nitrosamines with like um, bacon or yeah um, but um even vegetables which have the reputation for being associated with a low cancer incidence because of the, the many good nutrients they contain uh, it happens if you uh, choose the vegetables that are uh, industrially over-fertilized right. with nitrate right. and, and then cook them thoroughly so that they're digestible. You're producing the same sort of carcinogen that uh, tobacco smoke contains. Now, presumably, I don't mean to butt in here, Dr. Pete, but presumably... Um, Nitrate fertilizers. I mean, are they? I wonder if they're. Well, yeah, but they could be chicken manure. That yeah. no, no, I don't think nitrate fertilizers are allowed organically. But I mean, maybe the chicken manure. I don't know. Michael looks like he has something to say here. Maybe they're over fertilizing even with chicken manure. What I mean in organic farming. Um. Yeah. The um, nitrogen could be in the form of um, ammonia. Uh, that would be the the safe way for the plants to get their. Right. Nitrogen. Okay. Uh, and uh, there wouldn't be any problem then, but the more, more they're forced uh, with an excess of nitrogen, they simply absorb the nitrate or nitrite in a, in a crude chemical form mm-hmm. uh, that isn't doing the plant any good. Uh, but it, uh, when you eat it, then it, it uh, circulates in your body uh, and is then exposed to many uh, layers of uh, uh, enzymic and non-enzymic interactions, uh, free radicals, as well as uh, reductases, uh, will convert nitrate to nitrite, nitrate to nitric oxide. And uh, those increase according to your level of stress. So when you're eating uh, food that either contains it as preservatives, like in uh, processed meats or the industrially produced vegetables, um, you're uh, 
creating the conditions for a, a bad reaction to stress. And then if you're stressed out when you're eating, then that makes it even worse? <laughs> I, I would suppose so. <laughs> it makes all digestion worse, right? Um, uh, with, with old age, the um, uh, conversion of the ordinary protein, arginine, to nitric oxide okay. is accelerated uh, by the various uh, things that interfere with your cellular oxidation. And then if you add environmental nitrates or nitrites uh, to that, uh, you're making your ability to resist stress uh, weaker and weaker uh, because these things accumulate and uh, become a a more abundant source of of nitric oxide, which then uh, feeds back and, and blocks the ability to use oxygen. So what about the night uh, the naturally derived nitric ox I mean nitrates from ce- nitrites or nitrates from celery probably just as bad Oh um I think they're just as bad Yeah Yeah because it's the bottom line they're still producing nitrates so so does the process of aging then can accelerate the uh, process uh, of uh, nitric oxide or nitrate formation in the elderly uh, Um yeah the, the uh, the uh, argument that the industry is pushing is that uh, brain circulation uh, supposedly goes with intelligence. It, it mm. does in young people. Uh, and so if you increase the uh, uh, diameter of the blood vessels by increasing your nitric oxide, okay. you're going to reverse the process of brain aging by getting more blood circulating. Um, it, it does help the brain to function to circulate more blood through it, but the problem is that nitric oxide at the same time is blocking the ability to use the oxygen. So it's imitating a shock state in which the blood, uh, or in cirrhosis, for example, you get an exaggerated circulation of blood which isn't being used because uh, things are inhibiting the oxidative enzymes. And uh, in the spontaneously uh, uh, age-accelerated rats and mice, uh, there are genetic mutants that uh, age uh, at about three or four times the normal rate. Uh, They're very old when they're six months old. Uh, These animals happen to uh, produce tremendous amounts of nitric oxide. And... uh, so the, the people arguing for the uh, the sale of nitric oxide products say, well, that's because they're defective and they need oh, more nitric oxide. Oh, so they say that the, the high concentration of nitric oxide in the prematurely senile animals is there protectively. Uh, but when you um, intervene, for example, uh, exposing to... Um, overdoses of, of uh, ultraviolet light or ionizing radiation, mm-hmm. um, you create uh, changes similar to those of aging, including uh, gene mutations and so on. And the, you can extract the liquid from a, an organism that has been irradiated and that liquid will produce the same right. deterioration, mutations, and so on. The bystander and, effect. Yeah, and the bystander effect is largely 
the result of overproduction of nitric oxide. Wow. Okay, you're listening to Ask Your Web Doctor on KMUD Garberville 91.1 FM, and from now until the end of the show, 8 o'clock, callers are either are welcomed and or encouraged to call in uh, with any questions related to this month's subject of uh, what the government don't tell us about what they tell us is good <laughs> and or the uh, wider subject of nitric oxide uh, and some of the... Uh, some of the chemicals we're talking about, fluoride here, uh, and then uh, nitrates and nitrites, which are common preservatives in meat. The number, if you live in the area, is uh, 923-3911. If you're outside the area, there's an 800 number, which is 1-800-KMUD-RAD. That's 1-800-568-3723. And uh, we definitely welcome all those people that call from all over the state, so really appreciate those calls. I did actually get a, uh, just by the by here, Dr. Pete, uh, I got an email from a listener in Germany today who actually asked me a question. He wanted to know what your opinion on cannabis was. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know, without getting too geopolitical, because uh, I know this is a, 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 a kind of um, a seat, a seat of uh, uh, cannabis and uh, its uh, use for alternative disease and cancers and other things. But he, uh, he, was, he was saying that he was kind of frightened by the... Um, what he did recognize both himself and in the wider perspective of cannabis's uh, negative effects, he wanted to know what your uh, your understanding of cannabis was. And I know that you'll come from a purely physiological and fact-based perspective. So um, what are your views on cannabis? When I was 10 years old, a doctor prescribed it for migraines. And I took a glass of the tea every day for about a month. A big bag full of uh, cannabis leaves, huh. and I didn't notice really any effect. Uh, so I, I was never impressed <laughs> uh, by, by the claims for uh, its uh, great sedative or uh, pain-killing effects or whatever. But I know it does have those uh, useful uh, sedative effects. What, what do you what do you think of the potential estrogenic effect of it? Given that it's in the same family as hops, only two members uh, exist in the Cannabinaceae, uh, Cannabis sativa and then Humulus lupulus, the hop. And I know in England in the uh, summertime, uh, when typically the women would be picking the hops in the hop fields for the uh, beer industry, uh, most of these women would skip their menstrual cycle because it was such a disruptor of the menstrual cycle because of its estrogenic activity. How about that? What do you know about that? Um, it does have an anti-testosterone effect. Um, I think the worst effects are when it's smoked because the uh, the smoke itself has an estrogen action. Okay. Yeah. So from that perspective, I mean, I know that you talk a lot about estrogen as being a very negative pro-inflammatory uh, hormone. I mean, that's that's correct enough, isn't it? Um. Uh, yeah. In general. In general. It, it, activates the immune system in a, a short-term uh, antibody-producing way that uh, is in certain situations useful, but it, it's why women have a very high incidence of autoimmune disorders because it, right. it uh, impairs the energy resources at the same time that it's making these uh, short-term emergency changes in the immune system. Right. Okay, so uh, let's move on. Oh, do we have a caller? 
Yeah, okay, we have a call. Let's take the first caller. Caller, where are you from? Well, I also, oh. I'm from Midway, and I found a little information where I, I couldn't find. I do believe that uh, all the, you know, synthetic fertilizers are not organically listed, and I dove through a whole bunch of things, and nothing is saying that it is, although I haven't found something that says it isn't. And the highest nitrogen content I have found of the things they're advertising in this quick search has been about 12%, and oh, I believe you can get a little bit higher. Yeah, uh, That's higher than chicken manure, isn't it? Yeah, that was a feather meal, and I would wonder about <laughs> uh, human, human-based human or you know cow-based urines, too. I know in Sweden they're collecting urine. Uh-huh. But, uh, I think chemically nitrogen is nitrogen. If you have too much, it's bad for the soil and bad for everything, no matter where it's from. Right. But I'm not the source on that, and <laughs> okay. uh, we do have a caller. Thank you, Michael. Okay, caller, uh, welcome to the show. Where are you from? Uh, this is David from Missouri. Oh, hey, David. How are you all doing? Doing good. What's your question? Good. So um, I'm glad you're talking about the uh, the government, and I guess I want to comment on the fact that there there always seems to be a lot of confusion out in the world if you've listened to any of the debates and about different political systems, you know, like communism, socialism, democracy, uh, or even some of the terms capitalism. And it's, it's just amazing that really our government is, is such a nebulous term. We don't even know what our government is. It appears that it's like a, a corporate structure that's being run by corporations. It's just being used as a, a, a shell to hide under. Mm-hmm. And we're always baffled by the fact that things like fluoride are being put into our water and it's an industrial waste. Well, mm-hmm. They use these different methods to, um, you know, conceal things they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, but well. then at the same time, it appears that there's something a little bit more um, evil going on at the same time, which, of course, once we start going in that direction, then we're conspiracy theorists. But... <laughs> Just in general, if you look at the government with everything to do with our food supply, with the military, the banking industry, I mean, mm-hmm. what they get away with, mm-hmm. and my biggest corporations, belief. that is, supposedly when we have this government to protect us, it's obvious that it's all just <laughs> a big illusion, uh, a, you know, a scam. Yeah. And, well, uh, you know, I keep thinking about Dr. Pete really has uh, awakened me to this idea of learned helplessness. In a way, that's what the program is all the time, is trying to get as much of the population to learn helplessness. If you are aware of all these different things going on and you talk to, there's so many people that are just so asleep Mm -hmm. and have no idea these things are going on. And when you talk about them, they think you're crazy. (laughs) So it's, uh, you know, I'm glad you're talking about it. It seems like there should be... (laughs) a lot more attention devoted to it because all these different things that we're always struggling with with why this is being done why is this going on well it's you know it's it appears to be a part of a larger agenda that i'm not sure exactly what the end game is there but it's not good there we mention eugenics or you know you could get a lot deeper into this whole yeah, you know, of course, you, it, it, I, I've heard you say, Andrew, you know, I don't want to get political here, and I understand why you don't want to do that, because people condemn you if you if you start going down these paths. But yeah. I'm telling you, 
we need to start going down these paths. People need to start waking up to what's going on. Yeah, well, that's... that's it's been going on a long time, but now it seems like it's really accelerated, and yeah. things are... Well, I think the Internet is uh, largely responsible for making this kind of information possible, and uh, radio stations like KMUD that um, are not controlled to a large extent, and uh, free speech is still allowed, and that's why we have Dr. Pete on the show, because he's very grounded in science. Yeah, I know, and I appreciate this show so much. It's just unbelievable. I mean, you know, again, the corp- the idea of the corporations and how they have taken everything over and have such incredible power. And, you know, if you think about the banking industry itself, these corporations are just mm-hmm. evil. I mean, they are so in control, and people have no idea. They're so evil. But yep. Just like corporate media. I mean, it is a brainwashing program, mm-hmm. an extreme brainwashing program. Yeah, and it doesn't want you arguing or, or fighting back. It wants you just... Sitting there, taking it, Learned just lying down. Yep. Well, Doctor Pete, really, it wants to have us all just helpless, you know, to to realize that we can't do anything, and and they're doing a good job. <laughs> well, we can do something. That's the whole point. We do have. Uh, I believe it too. We do have yeah. constitutional rights here, so folks, exercise your rights, or they are going to be lost. So yeah, and just you know, I think we all just need to speak up more to people and talk more to people about you know, check this out. You know, we we. This, this is not true. This, yep. We need to get to the truth. Yep. It's a great nation we live in, folks. God bless America. It's an awesome country, and the rest of the world looks to it to lead the way. And if we don't wake up here soon, it's not going to be around much longer. So anyway, hopefully uh, um, people listening to this show recognize the truth that's being told, and they can go check it out for themselves. I think we've talked about so many subjects that are controversial, um, and there is science behind it to show that the truth is there so that's uh, pretty much our uh, thrust uh, let's get into the uh, rest of tonight's show here so i did just want to ask dr pete since you've been around a little bit longer than we have what do you see can i ask you for your comments on this state of our country oh um well i i talked to old people when i was young <laughs> to try to find out what what it was like yeah uh, 50 years before my time, mm-hmm. and uh, my my impression is really that it has been declining rapidly for about 150 years now, um, and uh, in the, the 60 years that I've been uh, studying and talking to people about politics and such, uh, it uh, the the uh, problems that I saw in uh, the late 1940s and 50s, uh, I was one of the few people talking about it at that time, but uh, now it is probably there are millions of people uh, using the Internet uh, to to see the the same drift of events, uh, which basically is uh, corporate control and uh, using education and the media uh, to um, make the people think that Against uh, you. things are progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the story that lifespan has been lengthened, uh, the, the cancer war is being won. Yeah, right. uh, they're simply uh, creating fraudulent statistics. Yep. Uh, the, the Romans, uh, the adult lifespan in ancient Rome was about the same as uh, 20th century America. Yeah. And we supposedly have all this technology to help us now and the science to 
do miraculous things and yet we really haven't advanced much at all. The whole war on cancer is a complete joke. Okay, well, thank you for that, Dr. Pete. Okay, so I just wanted to open up a uh, uh, another subject here of another food, and uh, hopefully people will wake up to the truth about what's going going on here. Uh, an Austrian study finding that eating GE corn may reduce fertility. So a study sponsored by the Austrian Ministries for Agriculture and Health found that mice-fed genetically engineered corn developed by the Monsanto company produced fewer offspring than those fed conventional corn. The study was led by Dr. Jürgen Zentek, Professor of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Vienna. For 20 weeks, Dr. Zentek and his team fed mice diets consisting of either 33% genetically engineered corn or 33% of a closely related non-genetically engineered variety. The diets were otherwise nutritionally equivalent. Mice fed the GE corn diet had fewer litters, fewer total offspring, smaller offspring, and more females with no offspring than mice fed the conventional corn. The effects were particularly pronounced in the third and fourth litters after the mice had consumed the GE corn for a longer period of time. The authors attributed the reduced fertility to the GE corn feed and said it might be related to unintended effects of the genetic modification process. This meticulous study suggests that a popular type of genetically engineered corn may harbour fertility-reducing substances, said Bill Fries, science policy analyst at the Centre for Food Safety and co-author of a peer-reviewed study on GE crop regulation. It's no surprise to us that US regulators did not catch this. None of our regulatory agencies require any long-term animal feeding trials before allowing genetically engineered crops on the market. So, folks, uh, this is another example of uh, big agriculture and big corporate interests lobbying the government, allowing these kind of things to come to pass, when I think the self-evident truth is that that is not right and that there's something uh, potentially very dangerous about this and we need a lot longer uh, to see the effects. So if the litters of mice, second, third and fourth generation, so increasing, declining fertility, then just like the obesity epidemic in America uh, in the last 50 years has caught up to 90% of the population, um, the same thing is probably going to happen with GE foods as the, uh, you know, the offspring, uh, multiply the uh, defects from generation to generation. Uh, another, another comment here was that male corn farm workers who regularly work with atrazine are found to have lower sperm counts, another great chemical to treat your GM corn with. Uh, and this is a product made by Zentech. So atrazine is another broad-spectrum uh, herbicide uh, that is used in these cornfields and, uh, again, been very closely linked to lower sperm counts. And it's estrogenic. And it's estrogenic. There you go. So another reason for estrogen to be uh, taken cautiously. And if your corn's not organic, you can bet it's GMO. Okay, so I think just to continue... Um, I'd heard a mention earlier on. Let's just let people know again. You're listening to Ask Your Herb Doctor on KMUD Garbable 91.1 FM. Uh, from now until the end of the show at 8 o'clock, you're invited to call in with questions related or unrelated to this month's subject of food and the additives and nitric oxide. Uh, the number, if you live in the area, is 923-3911. Uh, the area code for this area is 707 uh, 923-3911. Or if you want an 800 number, toll free, that's one 800 Five six eight three seven two three.
So, Dr. Pete, I know that you uh, talked about uh, potassium nitrate uh, being a, uh, I believe it was another sperm reducer, sperm count reducer. Um, yeah, there was an experiment giving it to uh, full-grown bulls, and uh, then they analyzed their testicles and found that uh, immediately, uh, with a, a moderate dose, their uh, testosterone production went down, and and then the uh, sperm count went down, and uh, it uh, stayed low. The, the testicles were permanently damaged after they stopped uh, giving them the doses of it. Whoops. Uh, do you know uh, if uh, this uh, product, then potassium nitrate, um, uh, do you know if this is directly added to any any fee, any foods, or if this is a uh, uh, well, the nitrite is actually worse, more toxic. <laughs> it's worse. Because, okay. because it's chemically closer to nitric oxide. Oh, my goodness. And it's all about the generation of nitric oxide from these nitrites, isn't it? The nitrates and nitrites that form the nitrosamines and nitric oxide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the... Um, when I was a kid, we, we have a caller. We have a caller, Doctor Pete. Okay. Let's, let's take this caller but first. Save that thought about when yes. you were a kid. I want save to hear the that. Thought. <laughs> you got to remember that, sir. Okay, caller, you're on the air. Where are you from? Hi, I'm from Pepperwood. Okay, hi. What's your question? Well, actually, um, I really ap- appreciate you guys having Doctor Pete on. I've always wondered: um, Are multiple vitamins good? Should we be taking them as we age? And um, even though we try and eat healthy. And number two, especially for women, um, are extra sources of calcium, like a calcium supplement, or should we just be eat, eating rich, you know, calcium foods? Um, I'll take my answer off the air. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Thank you for your call. Okay, Dr. P, um, give, us, give us your views on multivitamins and calcium. Um, there are situations where where the multivitamins could be useful uh, if you're uh, really uh, in a, a bad situation for getting good food. But uh, the um, trouble is that they aren't generally well formulated, and even the the best formulations uh, are made with uh, somewhat contaminated chemicals. Uh, about 40 years ago, I found that I was having uh, migraine headaches every time I took certain vitamins, uh, especially vitamin B2, ascorbic acid, and uh, root, and were the most intense for me. And I found that uh, essentially all of the people that I talked to uh, with serious allergy problems were taking vitamin supplements, and that when they stopped the supplements, they recovered from their uh, chronic allergy symptoms. Uh, so I'm convinced that uh, unless it's a, a very special situation, that it's, it's better to uh, uh, avoid the supplements and to uh, uh, choose foods for their high nutrient content. Do, do you, in all reality, do you think, uh, or do you know what uh, particular vitamins might be more implicated in deficiency than others in terms of what people might want to gravitate, uh, what food they might want to gravitate towards to get these or use a supplement? Uh, I always um, recommend eggs and liver as the easiest way to get both trace minerals and uh, 
uh, vitamins, uh, but uh, you can look at, at food charts and and find things that are uh, not necessarily as as good, but you can put together a diet uh, with a high content of certain vitamins. Um, vitamin B2 is is one that I've seen lots of serious deficiencies. Uh, people with uh, uh, a red nose, uh, rosacea, mm -hmm. uh, nosebleeds, uh, some mood problems, poor memory and such. Uh, you, you can't use oxygen if you're deficient in vitamin B2. Right. But besides the, uh, the fact that the synthetics are so allergenic uh, for lots of people, um, if you take a very large amount, and some of the pills have 50 or 100 milligrams in each tablet, um, it, it can reach the level in your skin and your eyes where it sensitizes you to the uh, sunlight. Um, uh, even blue light will react with riboflavin in your eyes and skin, uh, causing a free radical chains. Wow. What kind of dosage would you uh, recommend for vitamin B2? Uh, five or ten. Five or ten, there you go. And so vitamin B2, folks, also is a water-soluble vitamin, so not something that you can store probably more easily uh, become deficient in. Uh, and very quickly, because we do have another caller, uh, that last caller mentioned calcium. I know you're a big proponent of milk, cheese, um, dairy, dairy products in general. Uh, any other sources for a good supply of calcium? Um, uh, green leaves, right. uh, if they're well-cooked, are a great source of calcium and magnesium. And grown organically, so they don't have a great source yeah. of nitric oxide. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's get this uh, next caller. Caller, you're on the air, and where are you from? Uh, Eureka. Hey, are you welcome to the show, and what's your question? I was uh, wondering about products that specifically uh, say they'll boost uh, nitric oxide, things like Super Beets, for example. Super beets. Like red beets? Well, it's a, that's a commercial product that oh, okay. claims to have, you know, a highly concentrated effect on your nitric, nitric oxide based on extracts from beets. Yeah, well, it's, it's, something, it's something that you don't want, though. So presumably you, um, you think that you need it? No, I don't no. think. I was kind of wondering, based on what you said, that it seemed like it would be a bad thing yeah. directly. It seemed Absolutely. kind of odd to yeah. be proclaiming it so directly as well, a good thing. that's the unfortunate part of the information that uh, most people will receive. There's a pretty big uh, campaign here to promote nitric oxide as uh, healthy. Uh, I know the whole Viagra industry, which is uh, pretty much based on nitric oxide as a means to get that vasodilation and engorgement that the pill is so famous for, uh, is actually very... Uh, <laughs> can promote uh, heart attack... Uh, cardiovascular uh, accidents. Uh, and atrophy of the testicles. And atrophy of the testicles. There you go. So that's not what you want, folks. Uh, nitric oxide and um, Viagra, actually very bad news. And uh, they, the people that produce a compound are not going to tell you that. Um, it's just going to feel good and it's going to come with a lot of cost. Until it doesn't. 
Yeah. Until... Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so if any uh, any other callers are listening and you'd uh, like to ask questions about this topic or any other topics, uh, toll-free number is 1-800-568-3723, and we're very pleased to have Dr. Raymond, P- PhD, who's been studying for the last 45, 50 years almost here, uh, and it's his speciality. So, so Dr. B, are, beets red, um, are red beets high in arginine? Or something? Um, yeah, I think they are. Yeah. Uh, but maybe they're uh, feeding them extra nitrate <laughs> so they can claim that they're super beets. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, there you go. Okay, I think the uh, I think we do have another call coming in, but let's just see if this uh, call's going to materialize into a caller or if it's just uh, someone asking a question offline. I know the lights are going here, so do we have a caller on the air? Yes, the first caller just wants to say migraines can be taken care of with two hits of hash, and we have another <laughs> caller in a second. Okay. Well, that was what Dr. Pete was saying he had been prescribed the bag of cannabis leaves for. Which didn't work. Well, maybe that's because it wasn't hash. Okay, so a caller, you're on the air, and where are you from? I'm from Benham. Uh, say that again, I didn't hear that. Humboldt. Did you say Humboldt? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I... I think you got some feedback, perhaps, on your on the line. Okay. So, um, well, I think I'm ready to ask a question. Anyway, um, I just wanted to know um, if uh, something is non-GMO project verified, do they still uh, can they still use glyphosate and atrazine and other crap on there, or is it also kind of similar to organic where they can't have additives? No, like that? no. If it if it's non-GMO, it doesn't mean to say the farmer doesn't uh, use. Uh, agricultural uh, agrochemicals on it. Uh, it just the fact that if it is G- GE or GMO, you can be sure they're putting agrochemicals on it. If it's okay. no, if it's not so organic, not of it being like uh, chemical free. If it's not organic, you can almost surely guarantee that the possibility is high that agrochemicals are being used. Uh, the only hopefully well, that sucks. The, the only hopefully sure way you can be sure is to use a certified organic product by certified organic vegetables and meat. And uh, according to the USDA, you are not allowed to use any of these chemicals that we're talking about on certified organic products. So I know they're strict with us about what we use and can yeah. only use chicken manure, but yeah. I don't know if that's just our certifying body. Maybe other certifying bodies no, are No, I think it's USDA. It's the United States Department of Agriculture. So, yeah, the only way you can be really sure of getting good, safe food uh, at this point in time before it probably falls to some kind of control will be uh, uh, certified organic. Okay, so non-GMO project verified is just kind of like a stepping stone on the way to really good food. Yeah, it's on the way because it's non-GMO, but what you've really got to make sure is that they're not using any agrochemicals on the product to grow to grow it and that they're actually producing a, a, yeah. a good quality, holistically oriented, uh, you know, uh, foodstuff. Yeah, glyphosate is a little uh, spooky. You definitely, you definitely don't want to be put in glyphosate. Thanks a lot. I, I'm glad for that answer. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Well, it's uh, six minutes to eight. So if any callers would still like to call, very welcome. Nine two three three nine one one in the area or eight hundred number eight hundred KMUD RAD, which is one eight hundred five six eight three seven two three. So, okay. Doctor Pete, you were going to tell us something about oh, when, yeah, you, when were you were a, a kid. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Th- there was the, um, the the veterans believed that they had been uh, fed uh, p- potassium nitrate in their food, and 
I've, I've read old seventeenth, uh, eighteenth century things that uh, described it uh, as a, a, a treatment for uh, prisoners and soldiers uh, to um, uh, decrease their libido uh, so that they could attend a war or uh, not not be interested in yeah. romance. Yeah, uh, and uh, that was. For hundreds of years, that was uh, a popular concept. Um, people uh, seem to recognize that it actually lowered libido. And the, the recent um, experiments with, with uh, bulls and such uh, show that uh, it uh, does stop the production of testosterone. But not what if you, you look on the Internet, the, uh, uh, all of the popular uh, medical sites are saying that's a big myth, uh, that the army would never think of doing that, and the prison officials would never think of poisoning their their prisoners or, or soldiers. Sure they would. But, so. uh, if they, they forget that, that uh, for hundreds of years people were recognizing the effect, and uh, for, for uh, it to be such a historically a known fact that it suppresses libido. It, uh, it, it's strange that everyone is so uh, enthusiastic about denying that it mm-hmm. has ever happened. Yeah. Sounds a little bit like the uh, Nazi concentration camp experiments that were done, uh, basically using people's human guinea pigs to uh, conduct the research that supposedly has led us to great advancements in science <laughs> this day, into this day and age. Um, Barbara Seaman, uh, who was a great uh, researcher on estrogen, in one of her books, uh, gave the the story of the uh, German experiments in the concentration camps uh, using estrogen <laughs> to control, make the prisoners passive. And uh, she was comparing uh, the American um, medical practice of prescribing estrogen to practically all the women in the country. Yep. Yep. Well, it's, uh, let me see here, it's almost coming up for two minutes to the top of the hour, so uh, let me take this opportunity to thank you so much for giving your time like you do. I know you're very busy and uh, very involved with what you do, so I appreciate that time. I do want to ask Dr. Tweet one more question. So, Dr. Tweet, potassium nitrate, is that found in uh, specific foods, or is it just part of the meat-preserving um, yeah, food additive? It, yeah, it's uh, just for uh, an additive. Mainly in meats, or is it in other foods? Oh, uh, well, um, the uh, nitrates, I think, are, are used in some other foods. But uh, uh, I think it's, it's mainly for making meat uh, red. Okay. For keeping it, it red, it, right. It functions as a substitute for oxygen in the hemoglobin. Huh? Hemoglobin. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it could be uh, making the meat red that's just in the counter, like packaged up. Do they have to list it as a food additive? Yeah, why does meat look so red on the meat counter in the supermarket? Anyway, I know, listen, it's two minutes to two minutes to. Let's give people the information to get to you. That's more important than thank that. Thank you, last, Dr. Pete. Okay, thanks. Thanks so much for your time. Okay, so, uh, people, if, enjoyed, if they've enjoyed listening to Dr. P and they want to know more about him, www.raypete.com. He doesn't sell anything. 
Uh, I know he gives a lot of his time to a lot of people for nothing, and he's very altruistic. He produces research because he's passionate about it, folks. It's not his business. He's passionate about it. So uh, if you'd like to go visit his website, find out more of what he has to offer. It's very alternative, uh, very eye-opening. The truth's out there, folks. You've just got to look, take a look, get your head out of the sand, take a look at it. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, people like to contact us anytime, Monday through Friday, business hours, one eight 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 wbm herb Happy Christmas, Happy New Year. Until January 2016, my name's Andrew Murray. My name's Sarah Johannesson Murray. Good night. Good night.